0: This gray beige space. Yeah, let's talk about anniversaries in here. This is good. Um, my name is Braden Painter. I'm with the International Coalition of Sites of Conscience. Um, this is Rainy Tisdale. Uh, but we are excited. Rainy has been many places and now runs her own shop um, on which helps people with a lot of different things. Um, we're excited to talk with you about anniversaries, uh, give you some perspectives that we have had on them. Think about a couple of different frameworks we, we use as we start to think about what they might look like, share a couple examples from around the world. But all of this is also, right, is less important what we know than what you end up doing. So. Um, we're going to b- work back and forth between us saying things on the big screen up here and you all talking with each other, sharing what's going on in your world, what you're thinking about um, and maybe collaborating on a few of the strong challenges that you have coming up as well. Yeah. So um, we'll get to a little bit of that going forward. But right now, since you are going to be talking with each other, uh, maybe turn to some of the folks around you. Just take a moment, introduce yourself, say hi, shake a hand. Let people know where, what your name is, where you're working, and um, we'll dive into more details later. Can leave. I give you permission. Go on. All right, thirty seconds.
1: Right on y'all. Okay, so the first thing we're gonna do in this session is talk about uh, what's going on with humans and anniversaries and just give you a little bit of conceptual foundation and how anniversaries work. And um, so the first thing with that that I wanna talk about a little bit is um, the social science research about how brains think about anniversaries. and. So we all know about physical landmarks, right, and how we use them to navigate the world around us when we're out walking around our communities. Um, And so there's a thing going on in our brains that's similar to that that's called a temporal landmark, um, where we use anniversaries as a way of marking time and helping us organize time so it's not just some big morass of, of dates and events in our head. And so um, here's a like a physical, concrete representation of it. Like one of the most common anniversaries we know is our birthdays, right? It just so happens that tomorrow is my 47th birthday. <laughs> yay, me. Um, and so basically if you can think about each year of your life as a chunk of time That is marked by your birthdays as temporal landmarks. So, you know, every year you have a temporal landmark on your birthday, and the year in between is like this chunk of time when I was 47. And you can see how it also helps our brains organize the past, which is everything that happened um, before my last, you know, my, in this case, my 46th birthday and then the future and the present, which is the current year I'm in, and then the future, everything's gonna happen in the future. And so the temporal landmarks help us divide that. And, they, and we can think of like this year as a great chunk of time that we can wrap our heads around. It's not too long an amount of time, not too short an of amount of time to be reflective about how are things going for me during this chunk of time I consider the present, this year that I am 47, right? And then another thing that's really interesting about it is that social scientists have documented this thing called the fresh start effect, which is that every time we cross over one of those temporal landmarks, it gives us an opportunity to start over again. So I can say, you know what? There were some not-so-great things that happened during my 46th year, um, but when I tomorrow, when I turn 47, I have this opportunity to start again and I can make all of these goals. Th- that's why New Year's resolutions are such a big deal. Like our, our brains are wired for that kind of like, okay, what's what's working, what's not, what, what do I want to change during my next mental accounting period? Does that all make sense? Okay. And just so we can get a sense of the flavor and range of anniversaries, so – Birthdays are personal, but there are, uh, you know, individual anniversaries, but there are also collective anniversaries that we mark as a group, either in our community or in our family or, uh, you know, like some other um, group identity affiliation we have. Um, and we often, and we when we think about the anniversaries that we want to mark, they generally tend to fall into these categories of institutional anniversaries, so... Here's a couple of sites of Conscience celebrating. <laughs> their it's our
0: 20th anniversary <laughs> this year, <laughs> very exciting.
1: Um, or even this is a uh, little slide of American um, Museum of Natural History, which is celebrating their 150th anniversary and doing a lot of events around that this year. Um, events, you know, this is a very common kind of anniversary we're, we're used to. Uh, if, if you're not following 1619, the New York Times' project about 400 years of, slave, uh, of enslavement in the U.S. Um, it is an amazing, uh, r- really beautiful and comprehensive look at this really powerful um, marking of um, you know, the first um, slaves brought to North America. Um, we're also talking here at ASLH about how to mark this new anniversary that's coming up for the United States um, in 2026 and what that might mean and how historians want to mark that. Um, and then of course, people. and sometimes it's just you know people in your life, but often it's people who are really important to us who have done something or um, in some cases um, cases had something done to them um, that is really important for us to mark um, because it's it means something on um, a group level. Um, and I think Brayden, now that's up to you. So let me do that for you.
0: so yeah come on in there's plenty of space all are welcome we will not the the front rows this is not sometimes we have presentations where there's a splash zone or something like that not in this one so front seats are front seats are welcome
1: we're not gonna make fun of you or throw things at you this is a kind kind session it is
0: Only the only splashing will come from physical ineptitude as we collapse the water pitcher Right. So we're thinking we've got why are people using anniversaries? We've been thinking a little about we've been thinking about a couple of these different kinds of anniversaries. Right. So we've got people, we've got places, we've got we've got events. Um, Right. So another sort of big lens on how do we use these? How do we start to break down anniversaries as we're looking at them so that they don't all look exactly the same? We start to be able to make choices, ask questions about them. Um, and so we want to start thinking about power and anniversaries, and how those two things intersect. Right, because power shows up in all aspects of our lives, all aspects of our societies, um, and it shows up in the w- in anniversaries as well. So first big question to ask as you start to look at these anniversaries, and this applies, we're thinking about those collective anniversaries, but all the different kinds of them, right? Who picks an anniversary? Who makes the choice who decides what we are going to remember and what we are going to not remember right so you could imagine is it washington dc that is setting the national holidays or is it the seneca nation who's setting the national holidays you would probably get different answers for what our federal holidays are if different people made those choices right not going to belabor the point i imagine it's one that people are grab pretty quickly. But it's a question, who's picking this? Who's deciding that this anniversary matters? All right. Let's do it. And then as we pick that anniversary, what is our perspective? Are we remembering it as a triumph? Are we remembering it as a tragedy? Right? Where are we standing as we look at that? And so the same way we talk about multiple perspectives, voice in all the rest of our work, that applies to anniversaries just as much as to anything else right. now, this can help us start to get out of our heads a little bit where we often say well it's inevitable right these are the big things they're the things that must matter we must mark them must we right there's a choice that's being made none of this is inevitable it's all a choice right. one more question in here what is the mechanism that's being used so we've decided w- what it is that we're going to mark we've decided the perspective we're going to take on it but then there's a choice about What does that look like? What does celebrating the 4th of July mean? Well, fireworks, right? That is another choice. Are there other ways we could celebrate it, right? You might imagine the way that people have started to try and reshape um, Dr. King's holiday by saying, this is a day of service. We want to mark this not with parades, not with fireworks, not with mattress sales. We are going to do this with service, right? So how we choose to do that matters a lot. One last thing to think about this in terms of power in history is about time as well. And so asking questions about anniversaries, what anniversaries have been marked, what have not been marked, and what's the relationship for that. So for example, right, some anniversaries have been marked continuously. Think about the 4th of July. People keep marking that for long stretches of time. Every time it comes up every year, it happened the year before, it happened the year before that. It is a continuous anniversary that we celebrate. Right. Some things have recent momentum to them. So the middle picture there, if you are in Washington, D.C. in October, I would strongly encourage you to attend the high heel drag race. <laughs> and that's where people dress up in high heels and drag, and they race down 16th Street. It is one of the greatest nights in the city. Um, it is, we just celebrated, I'm now gonna forget because I'm standing in front of you all. I think it was the 30th anniversary of this, right? And it's now, somebody's nodding. You're like, yes, excellent, confirmation, good, right? Um, and it has just also started to become an official city-supported event. So you start to see that people are building their own anniversary out of this, and then it starts to transition in becoming uh, uh, an officially supported thing, right? But it's recent, it's it's pretty young. And then there's things, uh, anniversaries that are interrupted, right, where something started to be remembered and then it stopped, So th- and it hasn't been. So that's the Bonus Army, another Washington DC event, right, veterans come to the capital, say, hey, we need some money, you owe us money, we need it now. Um, the US government responds by busting heads, coming in with the military, burning out the camps. That is not something that there is a big celebration of in D.C. every year, right? So it's been interrupted. So if you want to start to try and bring that back, there's actually a power in absence and in the silence that's occurred around this that's going to be part of starting to celebrate that event again.
1: Right on. So that's just giving you a sense of the variety and flavor of, you know, ways that we organize and think about and – either decide to mark or don't mark, um, so you can sort of get your bearings in, you know, just a little bit deeper nuance about what anniversaries are. And we'd like you to just, at this point, um, you know, just pause for a moment to think about how this applies to the anniversaries you see out in your life um, and to think about that a little and then talk to your neighbors about, you know, what anniversaries are marked in your community and what, what anniversaries aren't. Um, are, there, are there things that should be marked that aren't? And what is, you know, what's going on there with the dynamics and the power? Um, who's missing? Um, where are the absences in addition to the, the things that are, um, are, you know, sort of marked? What does that all mean within your community and your context? Go.
0: Move your chairs if necessary. Make the room messy. That's okay. Turn the chairs. two-minute warning two-minute warning Wrapping up your conversations. (laughs) All right, let's come on back to the whole group. Come on back. Yeah, move the chairs. We encourage you not to make neat rows. Be messy. Change the room. This is great. You're so excited to talk to each other. That's wonderful. That's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, we hope the conversations continue, right? Neither Rainey nor I thinks that we have all the answers today. Right? In many ways, we're just trying to show, share questions that we often think about, some frameworks. Um, we hope the conversations continue. Um, we know you were just talking in your little group, so real quick, what are a couple of the anniversaries that you all are working on? What are you thinking about? Yeah. So um it, it, I am in Virginia, I'm Eastern Virginia, we're um
2: there's a lot of Juneteenth celebrations throughout the state, but the air area, the Tappahannock Warsaw, Saw Northern Eric area, they for many, many or a couple generations after the Civil War celebrated emancipation day on April third as the local it event. Um it was th- sorry. It was uh Regional event that was very large for a long period of time, but as you get into the 1940s and 50s, it stopped um, because some of the civil rights movements, some of the reaction right, to the civil rights movements in the area. And um, there's been some movement in the past uh, couple of years about bringing that back through our organization, Minokin Foundation, which is a sign of the Declaration of Independence um, House that's caved in on itself, um, but has to do a lot with um, freedom and liberties and views of equality that we're, we try to like to host it again. And so, again, a little bit of those inter- interrupted um uh, anniversaries that we're kind of working on getting back and who who the power power play belongs to and who who can be part of that event Perfect.
0: awesome what yeah. else yeah, real quick politics. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, right, we're hearing about big national stories, regional stories, local stories, absolutely. Um, let's dive a little bit more into anniversaries and some of the thoughts about them. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so um, so that's great. So we can think about those kinds of, um, those specific examples when we dive a little bit deeper into what makes something an effective marking of an anniversary and an ineffective marking of an anniversary. and. One part of that that we need to sort of give some time to is the pain of anniversaries. You know, sometimes we r- we're marking anniversaries in a way that's celebratory, and that can be good, but so many of the anniversaries we think about are because painful or even, w- let's use the word trauma, uh, happened, and, um, and so that um, we need to be thoughtful in how uh, our museums and historic sites can can address painful anniversaries in a way that helps instead of hurts, right? So let's give you a little bit of tools of ways to thinking thinking about that. So first, this is from the CDC, and it it's a, a graph to help all of us understand what happens in a community around a painful event. And when I say a painful event, this could be a school shooting, it could be... Um, a, um, a a painful moment in terms of uh, um, ma- uh, disasters, natural disasters, a fire or a flood. Uh, it could be a really painful controversy that happens in a community um, that you know sort of polarizes the community, all sorts of things like that that cause pain cause trauma, and, and so
0: CDC is. Centers for Disease
2: Control.
1: Yeah, Centers for Disease Control. And so they have developed this. If we look at this graph, the vertical is emotional lows to emotional highs. How intense is a community feeling? um, And is that, are the feelings they're feeling, all the big feels, are they negative or are they positive? Right? So emotional low is negative, emotional high is positive. And then this horizontal axis is time. And so, some painful things we actually have warning of. So for example, um, a hurricane, we we might have the weather forecast that's coming. So there's this period of anticipation that starts to freak people out, but then a lot of times, painful things come out of nowhere, and that in fact makes them more painful. So it might be just that the time, the timestamp is starting at the moment of impact, but nonetheless, generally for a community right after the fact even though it's a really horrible painful thing to go through there is this thing that happens where everybody rallies around and tries to deal with the painful event and that can actually lead to some positive emotions a sense of collective um, mission uh, a sense of people stepping in to help a sense of cohesion from that and so often there's this high that happens for the community first, but then it really, really slips over the months preceding the the event. And there's this period, CDC called disillusionment, where lots of, like, getting on with daily life after a really traumatic or painful event for a community can be tough. And there's also these, these um, you know, sort of dips that happen as um, – Ad- additional things might trigger the emotions from the original event. And CDC actually marks on their timeline the first year anniversary of the event because if our brains are wired to see those temporal landmarks and to think about um, these uh, the ways anniversaries trigger reflection and, and thinking, um, then it's really important for what happens at the anniversary for a community um, and how it gets marked and how that can either make the pain worse because all of these feel feelings keep flooding back and they don't feel like they're resolved, or it can be a moment for that fresh start effect that I that I mentioned before where the anniversary is a, an opportunity for the community to really like look at what happened, think about it, and try to do better, like um, to try to move forward together in a way that's meaningful and healing. And so if a community is able to work through that traumatic anniversary in healthy ways, then it can actually make the community feelings increase to actually a pretty good place that you'll notice is higher than where they started out. So there's actually some research that communities that have gone through um, painful events together, if they deal with it, they actually come out more resilient than if they'd never um, experienced the painful event. Uh, as long as they're dealing with it and um, and doing their work around it, right? Um, or you can have these setbacks and you can have issues, but anyway, the, the point being that one year matters for traumatic events and then year two and year three and year four, um, because as human beings, we're all wired to do that reflection around the anniversary. Does that make sense? Okay. So, you know, this is basically just reinforcing from American Psychological Association that, um, you know, the psychology research would suggest that this is basically what I said with the graph. (laughs) So (laughs) we don't really need it. Here's my way of... Of looking at what I would call collective emotional barometer, and it's based on a case study of my city, Boston, and um, and showing you 2013 through 2015. The slide slides a little wonky. Sorry, um, the graph's not completely clear, but um, that also that the flavor of emotions that you feel in a in a community um, can Sh- you know can be very varied and all over their map too as different events happen um, that you know residents are sharing together and so you know big deal in 2013 we had this Boston Marathon bombing in Boston so that was one of these big painful traumatic moments for the city. Um, we also had a natural disaster slow-moving natural disaster in 2015 but this great snow we got record snow in Boston we got Alaska's winter and it did a whole lot of damage in the city and really destroyed our ability to be out in the city with each other in public places for many months. And so we had these two really tough low points as a community on our collective emotional barometer. um, And then we also had some moments that we really were, you know, positive and helped us, um, you know, kind of, like, come together, around some positive emotions, not just the negative ones. And so just wanting to show you that there's, and this is obviously not everything that happened in Boston <laughs> during those years, but that, you know, we experience things together, collectively, and, you know, obviously people, every individual is different, but that we we, we do the cycling as a community, and us marking and thinking over time about what we're experiencing is, like, a really powerful landscape around us. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, Another Centers for Disease Control slide, just uh, trying to um, articulate that for anniversaries, um, people don't always experience it the same way. And uh, CDC shows this as a pyramid where you start with people who are very close to an event happening, and you go out from there. In, you know, like, w- this is a pyramid, but we also might think of the bird's eye view of this pyramid as concentric circles going out. So you might have um, people at the center of a painful event who feel it really deeply and will feel it really deeply for the rest of their lives. And then, as you go further out in you know circles of um, impact, um, you get to um, ordinary people who maybe like saw this thing happening in the news and on social media, but weren't really affected by it. But nonetheless, care about their community and care about what happened, and um, or so you know sort of paying attention. And for us as institutions that work with anniversaries and work with public audiences, it's really important to know which of our audiences in, is in which concentric circle, and who are we trying to serve with the particular programming or exhibitions or events we're doing for public audiences? Um, who are we serving, and what do they need? Because it matters which circle you're in or which level of the pyramid as to how you want to mark an anniversary. Right. Braden, this is you.
0: So. Rini's doing this great job of laying out. We're living within this. Um, we're living within this moving set of emotions that are around us always. Kind of two thoughts for what happens when we do and don't mark these anniversaries. So this is a recent study that is, I would say, still unfinished. Right? There's more that needs to be done around this. The results are not totally final. So don't take this as we know every answer about the world here. But um, this was a study of, uh, of of counties that experienced high incidences of lynching in the past. right? And that when controlling for a whole long list of things, employment, access to health care, community networks, high school graduation, right, da, 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 da. da controlling for everything else, right, Counties that had higher rates of lynching in the past have greater mortality rates for both white and black residents today, right? Shorter life expectancy, both white and black. So what this is starting to suggest to us is that when that trauma rebounds around, right, you saw on the CDC slide, oh yeah, it can come back and we can be even better. But if we don't, the effect of not marking anniversaries, of not dealing with those things, of not cleaning up each of those accounting periods that we were talking about, can have multi-generational effects that lasts far beyond an individual's lifetime.
1: Right. Amen.
0: And that it's important to think about these things, go ahead, you can, right, Because anniversaries don't have to be positive. People can mark anniversaries in ways that produce more pain in the world. If you're in part certain parts of the country, you were alluding to it a moment ago. The late January holiday is Lee Jackson Day or Martin Luther King Day. Could be one or the other. Sometimes it becomes Lee Jackson King Day, right? And so sometimes when people celebrate things, when they choose to say, this is a day we're going to mark every year, it's reproducing that pain, it's reproducing that trauma. It is not necessarily moving that whole community into a more positive space. So as we choose to think about the anniversaries that we mark, recognizing the power that we can have with that, but the power both of silence and unaddressed things, as well as the power of vocalizing things to produce problems for our communities, which is why it's important to pay attention to these, to ask these questions and try and make sure that we're moving through this process in ways that produce us moving up on those graphs that Rainey was showing before, okay? Good with this?
1: Yeah, so now we've got another reflection moment in your small groups to just think about, okay, what painful events uh, is my community dealing with? Are we marking those in ways that help us or ways that hurt us? And what is the um, collective emotional barometer in your community like right now? Have you noticed it, you know, either um, crashing or peaking recently because of any particular events? And what is that looking like in your place? Go.
0: Two more minutes. (laughs) Wrapping up
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. all right, coming back to the whole group, I know Th- the conversation's starting to get big. they're starting to get deep real quick there's some of the things you're thinking about right now unresolved questions things you're chewing on Maybe ideas you want someone in your yeah. small
1: group said something interesting all that conversation
0: nothing Somebody interesting, said anything you're interesting. You're like <laughs> nothing. not my group <laughs> yeah. yeah go ahead Uh (laughs) nice nice you have anticipated the slides by about 10 minutes well done (laughs) five bonus points to that group you are ahead in the house cup race all right good right here and then right there yeah
1: events that are polarizing and where um, uh, people are on different sides and feel very differently about the event and then how do you negotiate that conversations about that yeah
0: And we'll talk about that across the sites of conscience, what an important role joy plays and happiness and community and strength and resilience and that doing this work and trying to achieve these outcomes right, and bend those curves that Rainey was talking about going up. Sometimes that means really serious conversations, but it also means music and laughter and culture and happiness um, to make a lot of that happen. Um, I know we've got people are like, I want to jump in. That's great. We've got to keep rolling just a little bit here. I know. Um, but you also are talking about, there's another piece in there that's interesting for you all, which is like, when we do anniversaries, we do anniversaries of the storms, but nobody's like, yeah, e- that day in 1874, when it was sunny and 72 degrees. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like The best days, how do we do an anniversary around that, right?
1: Yeah, because the yeah. first day of spring is actually a really powerful moment on the collective emotional barometer. Uh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Alright,
1: okay, so now one. we're going to um, just show you a few examples of anniversary projects that we feel like have really tried to um, be nuanced and really think about how to be... Um, meaningful and and public provide public value for a community celebrating the anniversary um so we got four examples the first one is um detroit sixty seven is anybody familiar with this project it got some traction with a s l h um so this was the fiftieth anniversary of oh, i'm sorry I need to advance the slide thank you Braden. thank you um so this is the fiftieth anniversary of what A lot of people would call Detroit riots, but this project, Detroit Historical Studies, specifically um, chose to call it civil unrest after thinking a lot about what our terminology means and how how, um, different choices about terms can affect the marking of an anniversary. And so we love um, some of the specific things that they did to try to really heighten this idea of an anniversary is a moment for reflection to look at um, what is our community doing well and what is our community not doing well, in what ways have um, uh, we, you know, solved some of the problems that created um, the civil unrest in 1967 and what ways have we completely not <laughs> solved problems. And um, and so really this – and, you know, there are – their key concept the way they wanted to frame this was that first we engage around remembering that time period and what was going on and looking at it with complexity second we reflect um, on our community and what's going on with it and you know past present and future and third we act and we love that this idea that the anniversary can be a time to set up a community for action for For set up a community to do better right Um, and so um also, like a very collaborative project, many different programs, so many different points of of entry for um, residents of Detroit to think about this and reflect on it. And also really getting meaty with issues like racial equity and economic disparity that um, have not been solved in Detroit and continue to need attention. Um, so super, super. Um meaningful and robust um attention to this uh anniversary. Another is yes, Marcia. Great. I'm so glad you raised that. So yeah. S- Great. So, Marsha, wanting to make sure we give a shout out to Charles Wright African American Museum. If you haven't been there in Detroit, it's an amazing place, and. Yeah.
0: And I think that really speaks to what we were talking about at the beginning of whose perspective is it, who's choosing it, who's what's the kind of scope and what's the meaning of it. uh, Great, great example of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Dallas Museum of Art was marking their 100th anniversary as an institution and wanted to really put in an example here for you of what it means when you're having an organizational anniversary. There's one way of doing that, that remember we were looking at the concentric circles, that's really you having like celebrating this thing that's important to you as an institution, but really nobody outside of your staff and board cares, right, that often is the case with organizational uh, anniversaries, is that you're celebrating it in a way that's really internal focused. And Dallas Museum of Art, like this big project they did for their 100th anniversary was to stay open for 100 hours straight and to pack it, jam-pack it with public programming that would be meaningful to Dallas residents, a whole range. And so, instead of, uh, you know, like anniversary of the organization, instead of giving a present to themselves, they gave a present to their public audiences to mark their birthday. And that is such an important shift for being audience focused. What would your what would serve your audience as a way of marking this event instead of what would serve you as an institution? Often we see these organizational anniversaries as an attempt as as an opportunity for PR. We can put out a lot of you know get a lot of, of uh, press attention because it's our anniversary. That is not serving your public audience, that's serving you. So how can you make that shift in approach?
0: Great. 150th anniversary of Lincoln's assassination yeah. at Ford's Theater. Um, I think the takeaway from this is less about the actual programming they chose to do and more about in the process of similar to what Rainey was talking about in some of the earlier ones saying, hey, we really wanna try and engage with big hard issues. We wanna try and give people a kind of programming they haven't had from us before. We wanna try and serve our audience. It meant they had to build internal collaborative teams that were different than the way their teams had been built previous to that. And that those structures were meaningful enough that they lasted beyond the anniversary itself. So the effect of this, w- in terms of internal organizational change, wasn't so much we boosted our PR, but it was saying, "Hey, because we asked new questions out of this, it actually helped us figure out better ways of working together." And that work has then been reflected in ongoing; are those shifts have been are, are reflected in ongoing um, programming that they have that they've done since then, and ongoing thinking that's happened since then. Right. And so the last one we're going to talk about right now is the Museum of Freight Derry in Northern Ireland. Um, And it's the location of Bloody Sunday. A group of protesters were fired on by military forces. A number of them were died during the troubles in in Northern Ireland. Um, And so it began very much as a commemoration, right? It's a traumatized community coming together to try and heal, to try and use it as a um, point of further activism. But it's shifted over the years, right, that this continues. And we see this happen around events like that, that many people have been born after that. They remember, but through others, right, population shift, political moments shift. Um, And also, they're not interested in just every year looking back they have a world stage because of the high profile of this. This event will be covered by global media. And so they see it as their responsibility to use this moment to try and lift up other voices who are experiencing similar kinds of, uh, uh, of repression that, that was occurring in, in as, uh, as they thought about the historical event, right? And so every year, they try and highlight contemporary justice issues. And they do that by saying, when we plan this, um, we plan, a we there it's a massive parade, huge thing. They plan very little of it ahead of time. There's a very small memorialization portion that is planned out months in, event, in, a, in, ava- in advance. And then the actual parade and the actual set of what is happening, what's the issue we're gonna talk about, comes together in the weeks leading up to it. Because they say, we want to be responsive. If we pick the topic that people wanna talk about in six months before, we are not being responsive to what the world needs in that moment. And they just trust that this is gonna come together. They've got systems in place and are then highly responsive. So thinking about memorialization or commemoration doesn't always have to be backwards looking um, and trying to be flexible in that as as we move forward. So a couple of examples of that, um, and now we want to actually switch a little bit and say, all right. So what are some strategies? Right. So there's some comps that you can look at, and then kind of distilling out of this, a couple of a couple of thought points to take with you as you do some planning of your own.
1: Okay, the first one, which you know honestly should be a strategy for anything that we do, right? <laughs> Listening to your community, and really you know ear to the ground. What are people already marking? what should be marked that is right now uh, not marked. What What's going on with that collective emotional barometer and what is it telling you about um, the things that need um, discussion, reflection, healing, action, celebration, joy, all of it. Joy, you know, uh, what's unresolved um, that y- you can't do effective work around anniversaries unless you're paying attention to how the community is experiencing them, right? And another one, obviously, that it's really about public value. I mean, this slide should be this strategy should be part of everything we do, right? And too, right? That. Um, is, this is not what does my institution get out of this. It's what public value are we providing to our community with it. And so, um, you know, again, that's like um, thinking about those concentric circles of who's affected and how are people experiencing it. What public value does each of those circles need? Um, and um, sometimes, you know, anniversaries, because they are temporal landmarks, Um, Ritual is something humans always fall back on in marking. How can rituals that you're creating feel really meaningful and powerful instead of falling flat or ringing hollow? Um, And this idea of if we know each time we mark an anniversary, our our human brains are actually expecting to think about a fresh start, how could your organization, uh, you know, like pave the path for that fresh start and help people set out on it? And um, and again, yes, th- if it's an institutional anniversary, it really needs to be about giving a gift to your community, not a gift to your organization or
0: Marking painful anniversaries some suggestions from the American Psychological Association there right recognize finding healthy ways to cope it is something we talk about a lot in self-care and trauma treatment right that There are internal ways people act in or they act out, right, acting out violence against others, acting in, that could be alcohol, that could be depression, right, think different pieces like that. Um, So part of our role might be to give people healthy ways to cope with that, giving people beautiful spaces to be, giving people quiet spaces to be, giving them social spaces to be. Whatever that might be, it might be about services in ways some way. Ways that make Just
1: them feel connected and not alienated, because often anniversaries are about feeling alienated. Yeah,
0: opportunities to be with others, narratives of hope, right. giving people opportunities, building support systems. Right. So you could see those operating both at an individual level, important for staff too in that, and at a larger institutional and systematic level. Um, Thinking larger systematic structural right we often look to our transitional justice team um, to help us think through issues at the coalition. Um, Couple of big things that as you start to think how do we make a difference around something we've got options around truth telling a couple of big things we need to have happen to redress harm truth telling institutional reform. um, Symbolic reparations service based reparations memorialization. So a couple of different ways that we could start to say, all right, if we want to try and make a positive impact around um, an anniversary, we can be thinking in all of those categories. I would love to drive more into transitional justice with you all, but that's a whole nother session. But it is that idea of prompting action is often what we want to see. Again, just like with the rest of our programming, if we hold an anniversary and there is no change in the world, nothing shifts everything continues exactly as it was before we've missed something about that opportunity we've missed some leverage point there right so remember as we do this we can call for action around them they're a great moment to use that fresh start anniversaries can prompt can prompt really positive behavior and emotions and anniversaries can prompt really negative behavior and emotions right Keep that in mind as you walk into this to keep asking those questions and say, how do we make this turn positive rather than letting it turn negative? All right. We can be narrow and broad, narrow or broad in how we define this. Right. That is a choice that we make. So be aware of the power that goes into that choice making. Who's making it? Why are they making it? What are the situations around that are influencing that? Right. And last point for all of this. that anniversaries need good grounding and historical content that's part of again how we make this go better so we use our content we look for those stories and as we say hey here's a way that you can build a better version of our future here's a way you can heal here's a way that we can come together and be a different kind of community here's a way we can be a community just like that one that we're celebrating that's all stuff that comes from our content from our stories And so as we do this, they're one of our greatest tools and they're one of the reasons our anniversaries can be more powerful um, than ones that come without that kind of grounding.
1: All right, at this point you knew this was coming, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So some more reflection time for you. Some of you came in the door with anniversaries you were already thinking that your organization needed to, you know, work on. Some of you maybe at this point have something has uh, you know, occurred to you while you're sitting here talk, uh, talking about this with us that you're now realizing needs to be marked. Um, so just for you to do just a little individual thinking for you know what have you learned in the last hour um, about how you might organize, design, plan, um, a, a marking of that anniversary that would be effective, would be meaningful, um, and then to share that in your small group. And, and maybe it's also a case where your small group members might um, take an, a, an you know, initial idea of yours and be able to help you build on it to make it more effective, right? Might have some ideas for you. Good, any questions? Okay, so we're gonna do that for a little bit and then we'll have some time to come together and debrief at the end. Right on, go.
0: Two minutes. Wrapping up your conversations. Coming on back to the whole group. Coming on back. So, who's got an anniversary that they want to be a part of? All right. This is where we're like with the golden retriever and the tennis ball. Drop it. Drop it. Release it. Let it go. Put the tennis ball down. Good dog. All right, I know, I know all right, who's got an anniversary they are thinking about which which one that you wanna take on something you wanna take on, yeah.
2: I work at a historic house museum that is going to be 250 years old next year, and we've been planning to celebrate the anniversary. Now I'm thinking, how can we um, relate it to some sort of issue that it would uh, be meaningful to the community and not just a gift to ourselves? So I haven't, haven't come up with that yet, but thank you for helping me uh, think about it.
0: Answers don't come immediately, but <laughs> that's all right. That's great, right? What are the next 250 years or 150 years like? yeah. yeah. Who else? People are pointing at each other. They're like, you talk. I'm not gonna talk, you talk. Uh.
1: And while we're waiting, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so show of hands for ni- 19th Amendment women's suffrage. So a lot of people Let the record show that most of, of, of the room raised their hand. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but we yeah great and yeah awesome and find her in the back if you wanna talk more at the end, yeah, one more.
1: Thank you. And Annie Anderson has been um sharing around. I've got a copy if anybody wants to see it. Uh, Eastern State she's from Eastern State Penitentiary. She's here at the conference. And they've done work on uh enabling voting registration in their gallery space. Um they night, yeah. yeah, they had it last night and uh, you know, have like b- have registered something like I don't know, 540 people since they started. And I wonder if that's like a softer way to uh, and really make sense within suffrage as a That makes it really complicated right. in Tennessee.
0: Last comment and then go ahead. Okay.
2: Yeah. I don't
0: c- know. So yeah so we love to see that you all are taking this and connecting it to other sessions that you're hearing right anniversaries don't stand alone or outside of any of the other conversations that we're having um they all the tools that we're bringing to the rest of our programming, the rest of the analysis that we're doing with our institutions, the rest of our community engagement right the rest of our civic engagement all come to bear on anniversaries as well but they are particularly powerful and compelling moments that we can take all those tools and try and create an impact with them as well. Um, So thank you all for spending time with us. We hope you continue thinking about this by yourself, connect with others, hang around, the room will be open. Um, Both Rainy and I will be here for a little bit too to talk more. Generally, thanks so much for spending time with us today.
1: Yeah, thanks y'all.